Slinging It Deep podcast. on play action, finding room, going deep, and it's caught by Higgins. He goes in for the score. Jalen Ramsey fell down. And just like that, in 12 seconds, a 75-yard touchdown. And, you know, the yards weren't there for Mills last year, but he was pretty close to hitting those touchdown numbers. I mean, I think if he keeps the ratio, you know, two to one, throws for 3,500 yards, I think he's got a legitimate shot to keep the job. I think we were all pretty wrong about him in the draft process. No, I barely even heard of the guy, and he comes out, he's slinging the ball, the Brandon Cooks, you know, all those tight ends that they have. So I think he's pretty talented. I think he's got a legit shot. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Slinging It Deep Podcast. A new name, no longer the Gridiron Podcast. We are now the Slinging It Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hayes, joined by Connor Newman tonight. How you doing, bud? I'm good. Uh, you know, I love the new name. I mean, the old Gridiron Pod, you couldn't find it on Spotify. There's so many uh, Gridiron Pods. So. Well, I know. Some, a little more original this time. Yeah, try to... Take a weekend to figure out what we wanted to call it. Went through a couple names. Started off with just the slinging it pod and add the slinging it deep to kind of get that football terminology in there. So I, I like it. Yeah. Um, but the the rebranding was definitely needed. Yeah. What do you see? We should publish my my concept logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will definitely put out your logo there. That, that, thing, the was, prototype. that thing was fire. It took you like 60 seconds on Google Drive. I opened make. up Google Drive. I couldn't even, I didn't even have time to like remove the background of the football. I was like, I don't care. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but this first episode, um, if you do follow Clubhouse Combos on Instagram, you will have seen that we've posted four teams of our NFL power rankings. So this pause going to kind of be used to talk about those four teams, why they're ranked so low, and kind of our expectations heading into the year. Um, so kind of to get into it, we could talk about our 32nd team, which was unanimous, and it is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, obviously, when you talk about this team, they did get seven wins last year, but I do think the roster is much worse, maybe the same. Obviously, you could point to the quarterback situation. Matt Ryan leaves after the whole Deshaun Watson mess. Uh, they tried to get him, didn't end up getting him, so he got upset. They trade him to Indianapolis, and now you're stuck with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, who they drafted. So I feel like we have to start there when we talk about these Falcons. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, Matt Ryan moving over to the Colts is definitely the biggest the biggest news out of there outside of, you know, Calvin Ridley, uh, who's going to miss the season. So you lose two of your big-name pieces from last season right there. And I think, you know, I wouldn't say stuck with Marcus Mariota. I mean, he showed some flashes when he gets in with Vegas. You know, he has obviously the mobility uh, puts Matt Ryan to shame and, Maybe they'll be able to utilize Cordero Patterson, you know, in that that role he was used in the first few weeks of the year when he was so dominant. Um, you know, they bring in Drake London, you know, Kyle Pitts had a fantastic rookie season. So there's the pieces are there, but you know, 
it was a unanimous 32. So, you know, I think we all agree that this is a, a building, a building team. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, when I look at the supporting cast, I just don't think it's going to allow Marcus Mariota to succeed or Desmond Ritter if he gets in there. It feels teams, it, as a fantasy owner of Cordero Patterson, also just looking at the games, it seems teams kind of figured out what they're trying to do with Patterson towards the back half of the year. Um, Pitts, obviously, he's a very dynamic tight end, but you're talking about an Arthur Smith offense where he's not really an inline tight end, so how much can they actually use him? And then the receivers, yes, they have Drake London. I'm not high on him. I don't think he's that good of a, a player. He's just too slow. Um, don't think he was worth the eighth overall pick in the draft. Then you also try and uh, get Edwards. You get Tate as your receivers in there. You have Zacchaeus. It's just not a good receiving core that I don't think will get open for Mariota. So the, the offense, I think, is going to lack. It, it's going to be a better running team than it is a passing team, but I, I just don't have high hopes for this offense at all. No, I agree. I think we'll see a lot of, you know, college-style read option. I mean, Marietta has found a lot of success in Vegas uh, and then his ended term with um, Tennessee running that read option, you know, getting the ball out quick. So I think Patterson's going to be super valuable in that offense if they find a way to get him back to, you know, weeks one to eight form before teams started to kind of catch on to what they were trying to do with the ball. But, you know, the offense, work in progress, the defense, AJ Terrell had a fantastic season last year. I know he'll be looking to build on that, but the defense really doesn't jump off the page either. <laughs> now, the defense is definitely a work in progress, I'd say. I mean, last year you had no pass rush, and then at least you get Arnold Ebichetti out of Penn State uh, in the second round of this draft. So he's going to add some talent to this defense. Um, I know Deion Jones, his future is kind of up in the air. It sounds like he may get released. But it's it. I think this past season he wasn't really even that good. Kind of a, a steep downfall for him these last couple of years. But um, the defense is it's a work in progress. That's all I really got to say. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I know. Obviously, again, if you you go to the Instagram, we had some of these key questions we had about the Atlanta Falcons, and I think one that a question we liked was that. With Matt Ryan leaving, who was obviously the leader of this Falcons team, I mean, he was there for so long. Who's really going to step up in the locker room as a leader on this team? And I think it's a fair question. There's not a lot of long-tenured Falcons. Um, you could obviously point to the long, longest-tenured ones in Grady Jarrett or a Jake Matthews, but I think it's a fair question when you talk about a team that's going to be this bad. Who's going to step up and be that vocal leader when things will inevitably go bad? Yeah, and I think you mentioned two good names. I think you have to point to Jake Matthews. He's been anchoring that that offensive line for many years. Grady Jarrett on the other side of the ball. But I think, you know, some of these young guys are going to have to step up. Drake London, you know, first-round pick, a top-ten pick. You know, let's go, you know, demand the ball, demand the best from the offense. Kyle Pitts, you know, dominating first year. He's a vocal guy. And, you know, Cordero Patterson, you know, with Mike Davis out, he's kind of the guy. So, I mean, there's guys there that need to step up, you know, with Matt Ryan there their veteran leader gone for the Colts. Yeah. And when I look at this question, I think two underrated pieces that are going to help this Falcons team. It's going to be on defense. Actually, it's the signing of Rashawn Evans and Casey Hayward, two veterans that have been in the league that kind of have seen how winning is done can kind of teach these younger guys. So I think those are going to be two underrated pieces when we talk about leadership for this Falcons team. Um, Cause obviously like, like we said, not a lot of talent. Things are going to go wrong 
um, unless some miracle happens with Marcus Mariota becoming the quarterback he was supposed to be here in Atlanta. But uh, I, I just don't see that happening. So they're going to need the leadership. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else you want to kind of hit on with these Falcons before we head into team number 31? I mean, you think there's any chance Ritter sees the field? I can't imagine that's the plan. I think with any of these quarterbacks in this most recent draft, I think none of them are very ready. So I, I hope he doesn't see the field. I'm sure Atlanta hopes he doesn't see the field either. But, you know, if Mariota really, really struggles, you know, it's an option, you know. No, yeah, I think it's a fair question. Um, it seems as though the norm nowadays is to try and get rookies on the field. Um, but not everyone's Justin Herbert. Not everyone's Joe Burrow. They're just not going to be ready. Um, we kind of saw that with the, early in the season, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. As good as they are, it, it's hard to come in this league and have success right away. It's just not normal. Um, I, I don't think we're, we're going to see him that much. I feel like Atlanta's going to just try and ride Marcus Mariota as long as they can. Maybe I, I saw someone talking how they could probably bring him in in wildcat packages. Obviously, Mariota can run the ball. But you do have uh, Ritter, who is – he's younger. He's going to have the fresher legs, probably is faster at this point uh, in their careers. So maybe in some type of packages, but I, I just don't see if there's – I don't see why Atlanta would want to get him on the field fast. No, I agree. I think, if anything, that he's going to, you know, fill that, you know, Jacoby Brissett role when, when Philip Rivers was with the Colts, you know, even the Mariota role with, when Derek Carr uh, was in Vegas, get him in on a couple of read option plays, get him moving, get him running. So I could see him getting involved in that capacity. But outside of that, I don't see him throwing the ball very much, if at all. No, I, I don't see a deliberate switch where it's like week eight, they're two and six or something like that. I don't see why they would bring him in for the rest of the season. I don't think that would be, I don't think that would be smart. Yeah, I agree. Um, quickly, before we move into Team 31, uh, I believe the over-under win total for these Falcons is at five. What would you give? Or what would you pick? Yeah, I don't – here's the thing. I don't think they're they're a five-win team. I feel like they can hit the over, but then again, you know, as our 32-ranked team, you know, you expect, you know, like three wins, four wins. So I'm going to take the under based on where we have them ranked. But I could see them stealing a win against Carolina. I know they're not very high on our list either. Some of their other opponents aren't are too good either. So I'm going to take the under, but there's potential there to hit, you know, six or seven wins again. Yeah. Um, I think I'm more comfortable with taking the under with this team. Um, I've done some like schedule predictions. There's the website I use. Uh, it's like NFLPlayoffPredictions.com. Yeah. It, it just allows you to go through the entire NFL season and do predictions. And I, I feel consistently I've had the Falcons around two to four wins. Um, I think it is a tough schedule despite their division. That may be me being higher on the Saints, and we'll probably get into that weeks from now, but uh, I'm definitely going to be taking the under on this. So, But with Team 31, it is the Seattle Seahawks who, like the Falcons, lost their franchise quarterback this offseason. Russell Wilson going to Denver. In return, you get Drew Locke. So you got a QB competition between Drew Locke and Geno Smith, and I – that's really the main reason why they're at 31 here. Yeah, I mean that's pretty disgusting. And you you look at you look at who they're throwing to, and you're like, oh shit, you know Metcalf, Lockett, you know Dwayne Eskridge. I know we're all pretty high on him. And you look back at the quarterback, and it's probably Drew Locke throwing the ball. I know I've seen reports that Geno Smith is leading that competition, but I feel like you have to go with the youth there. He's shown flashes in Denver, but nothing too too impressive given the cast he had. 
Um, but I mean, it's just a terrible situation. Easily, I think I put him at 31. Uh, not a huge fan at all of that quarterback room. I'm not either. Um, the offensive line is improving. You obviously get Charles Cross as your first round pick, Abraham Lucas as one of your second round picks. So the tackle situation is much better. Um, the receiver room, it is what it is with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They're very good. You add Noah Fant uh, to this tight end room with Will Disley. But I believe the run game is really going to help out these quarterbacks. Um, I don't I don't think Pete Carroll's going to want these guys throwing 30 times a game. It's going to come down to Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker, Chris Carson, if he plays, DJ Dallas. I think a rotation of those guys is really what this offense is going to come down to. And when you become that one-dimensional, you're not going to be a good football team. Um, we had the argument with one of our friends, Sean, he, he couldn't understand why we had him at 31. And I was like, this team was going to have the ninth overall pick in the NFL draft with Russell Wilson as their quarterback. You now downgrade to Drew Locke and Geno Smith for an entire 17 game schedule. You're just not going to be as good. Yeah. And I think, I think they're going to have to rely on their defense to keep them in games. And I don't think that defense is great either. I mean, you bring in Boye Mafe and Kobe Bryant through the draft, Nwosu through free agency, who I'm super high on as a Chargers fan, to go along with Jordan Brooks, who led the whole league in tackles. So they have they have pieces spread throughout that defense, but it's not it's not going to be enough to keep them in games. You know, like a, you can't expect the offense to be putting up you know 28 points uh, and the defense to hold the teams you know below 20. So it's not a good formula for success with Seattle, and that's why they're down at 31. No, it, it's a clear rebuild. They have pieces going into the future, but this is definitely a year where they're going to be bottom of the league. They're going to get a quarterback next year in the draft, or maybe they use these pieces to trade for a franchise quarterback, but it's it's a clear rebuild. There's no shot this team is going to win the division, make the playoffs. That That's not what they're trying to do this year. Yeah, and I mean, you got to wonder, you know, they're going a new quarterback next year. Is this the end for Pete Carroll at the end of this season? I think, you know, a lot of teams, when you get that new quarterback, you want a new system. You So you retire Pete Carroll, go with someone else, maybe someone younger, uh, and have them develop together. So I wonder, you know, is this the end of the Seattle tenure for Pete Carroll? I I think it will be. Just, yeah. he, he's, re- he's the oldest coach in the NFL that, He's going through this one year of the rebuild. I don't see him going the whole way through. It just it doesn't make sense. It seems the game may has kind of passed him up now. He used to be a great defensive mind, and lately his defenses haven't been that good. So I, I kind of see him getting fired or just retiring at the end of this year. Uh, Seattle kind of, I mean, it's such a bad situation. Might as well keep the guy that's been around for so long, knows the guys, knows the culture. So, but then going in the next year, again, offensive mind, maybe pairing with a, a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, Will Levis, whoever you get in the draft, and you're off and rolling with this rebuild. Yeah, I think he's out too. You know, the league is trending in a younger direction with coaching. You know, you see that in the latest round of hires. So I think, you know, switching, you know, they are a rebuild. I'm not sure Pete Carroll wants to stick around for a rebuild after just losing his franchise quarterback through trade. And I think it's down the line for him. He had a great, uh, great successful time with Seattle, but. Sometimes you just need change. I mean, look at Quinn Snyder stepping down uh, just today. Sometimes you need change, even though your team's successful. So I think it's the end of the line for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, quickly, before I get to the uh, the over-under with this team, who do you think will end up getting the starting job for the Seattle team at quarterback? Will it be Drew Locke or will it be Geno Smith? 
I think it's got to be Drew Luck, right? I mean, Geno Smith, he's had his chance with the Jets. It didn't pan out. You know, he had his chance last year when Russell Wilson went down, and I don't think he made the most of it. Whereas Drew Luck, he won some games last year, especially down the stretch. He played spoiler with Denver uh, for a couple teams. So I, I think you go with a younger guy with a bigger potential and see if he kind of runs with the job. I think, I think the end goal is to take a quarterback in the draft next year or find a replacement, but. I think you see what you've got in the young kid. Um, I don't think it's worth just using Geno Smith when, you know, he's got really no potential or no upside. So I'll go with, I think, Locke, probably. I agree. I think Geno gives you a stable base as a backup in this system just because he knows what it is. Obviously, Drew Locke coming in, not familiar to the system, but there is definitely more potential with Drew Locke. Obviously, a former second-round pick just didn't pan out in Denver, as you say, but... I feel like you just have to go with Locke because if he does end up hitting and becomes a solid starter, maybe you do keep him for the next year. I don't recommend it, but there is the chance. I don't see Geno Smith doing that, though. So I do believe inevitably inevitably, they will end up going with Drew Locke at the quarterback. Um, But the over-under for the Seahawks team is currently at five and a half. Um, what, What would you take here? It's another situation where I think they could win six or seven games, but as our as one of the bottom teams, I just have to take the under. I think that offense is so talented if they just had a quarterback. I mean, Kenneth Walker was a, a walking highlight reel in college. You know, Penny flashed in the in the last half of the season last year, and those those two receivers were so talented. But I guess you know the defense isn't you know up to snuff with the rest of the league, and obviously they have one of the the worst quarterback rooms in the league. So I have to take the under here. I just don't think they're they're going to be able to stay in games and compete. No, I agree. I'm I'm definitely going with the under on this one. Uh, they have pieces. I just don't think there's enough pieces to put together a six-win season. Um, there's a lot of youth. Uh, I heard a lot of arguments that there's a lot of potential for this team. I, I don't see the potential hitting in year one of the rebuild. So I, I think this is just a complete reset year. Not saying they're going to tank and go like one in 16. I do believe they have too many pieces for that, but – to say they'll get five, six wins, I, I think the under is definitely the take here. Yeah, so for sure. Any other notes before we head in the team uh, 30? Uh, no, these are just some, some miserable teams. <laughs> I feel bad <laughs> yeah. for these fan bases and stuff. No, absolutely. Um, with that being said, I guess uh, team 30 is the Houston Texans. Um. This is a team that I could definitely see doing better than being the 30th ranked team in the league. And I, I think this all depends on Davis Mills at quarterback. Um, there are a lot of young pieces on both sides of the ball that could definitely break out. We're talking about Derek Stingley, Damian Pierce, uh, Christian Harris at linebacker. Um, There's a lot of young pieces that could definitely make a surprise in the AFC South or just to get six, seven wins. Yeah, for sure. I know one of the questions we posed on the Instagram was what kind of numbers Mills would have to post to be, you know, to keep that job. And, you know, I was looking because we had another question, you know, is he a top 15 to 20 quarterback? I was looking at quarterbacks in that range last year. That's, you know, the Mac Jones is Jimmy Garoppolo. They threw, you know, 3,600 yards, 20 touchdowns, 10 picks. And, you know, the yards weren't there for Mills last year, but he was pretty close to hitting those touchdown numbers. I mean, I think if he keeps the ratio, you know, two to one, throws for 3,500 yards. I think he, he's got a legitimate shot to keep the job. I think we were all pretty wrong about him in the draft process. No, I 
barely even heard of the guy and he comes out, he's slinging the ball, the Brandon cooks, you know, all those tight ends that they have. So I think he's pretty talented. I think he's got a legit shot to keep the job. I mean, it is a business. So I think if they see one of those younger quarterbacks in the draft come out and they're like, Ooh, shiny new quarterback. I totally understand <laughs> if they want to go that direction, but I think of the quarterbacks on the hot seat, I think he's, he's got the best chance to keep the job. No, I agree. Um, Obviously, as much as I'm into the draft, I will admit I was I was wrong on Davis Mills. I completely missed on his arm talent. Um, I knew he was accurate. I knew he was smart. And sometimes that works in the NFL. But I just thought the upside and some of the playmaking wasn't there. But he gets into the league. And, I mean, he made a lot of impressive throws off platform, uh, really good anticipation into windows. Um, it was just stuff you didn't see on his college film. And I think some of that is that Stanford offense. Um, it's very pro style, a little even more pro style than some of the pro teams now these days. Um, they really just ground and pound the crap out of the ball. But he gets the NFL, and it's not saying he's Herbert, but it's almost like you look at his college film ver- versus his pro film, and it's like, where was this? Like, just no one saw this coming. So I know he was the second round pick, and so obviously the Texans thought he had some ability. I have him as like a fourth round prospect, but he was definitely one of the more pleasant surprise or surprises on this Texans team last year. Yeah. And I mean, he's got the the pleasure of throwing to Brandon Cooks. who was kind of a staple of that team last year. He's super talented. It seems like wherever he goes, he's putting up a thousand yard seasons. You know, you had John Mechie, if he can return to what he was before his injury, I think they've got a really talented duo there. You had Damian Pierce, who I really like uh, to Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. I think you've got a bunch of, kind of misfits in that running back room. Maybe they'll be able to put something together. So he's got the tools. I think he's got a chance to succeed. Obviously that division with the, with the Colts and you now the Titans as perennial uh, division contenders, it's going to be tough, but you know, I like them a lot. They address the defense through the draft with a couple of key players. So I don't know. They're trending in the right direction. I think. No, I definitely agree. Um, that I think this supporting cast is much better than we talk about with Atlanta for Marcus Mariota. I think Houston has, it's not obviously DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, like we talked about with the Seahawks, but it's pieces that are going to allow him to have success. And then we're also talking about a young defense that's now going to work with Lovey Smith, who is one of the better defensive minds in the league, obviously has had uh, some time on and off with the NFL, but he is a guy that's going to establish some leadership, establish a culture and also a defensive scheme that's going to allow some of these players to thrive and it's going to lead to success. I think he is going to be a better coach than David Culley, even though hands down one of the best coaching jobs. I think David Culley did last season was taking this team and getting them four wins or whatever it was building a culture. Unfortunate he was fired, but I think that was the plan all along. And I do believe Lovey Smith will offer this team even more success than David Culley did last season. Yeah. I think the Culley, the Culley firing, I think feel like, took me aback when it first happened. You know, you bring in Lovey Smith, you see what he did back, you know, way back with the Bears. I mean, that defense was ruthless. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the Texans have in store this year. They could easily fly up our car rankings, you know, with Davis Mills at the helm. If he plays well, that defense plays well. So, it's pretty exciting. I agree. And the one player I think I'm really excited to see outside of Davis Mills, obviously, I think we're always excited to see how quarterbacks do. It's going to be Derek Stingley. Um, obviously the number, the third pick in the draft, I was very high on him. Um, for a lot of the process, I did have sauce Gardner as my number one, but I think I always had this 
admiration for Stingley because he was so athletic. There's so much potential. And I, I, I am glad that Houston went with him at three. I think it's a very good fit, and it's going to have – it's going to offer them a shutdown corner. I mean, we see a lot of the great teams in the NFL. They have that number one shutdown corner. I think it's a very valuable piece that you need if you want to be successful in this league. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about him too. I feel like there's no one who changes the culture of your defense more than that that swaggy shutdown corner. You see Ramsey with the Rams, you know, Richard Sherman back in the Legion of Boom. Those guys get the defense up and going. And I feel like Stingley, you know, he comes out there, he lays some hits. He shuts everyone down. Like he's going to get that defense going, especially with all the rookies they have there. You know, so I think it's a really good cult. Not only a good pick at three for his talent, but I think the culture he's going to bring to that Texas defense was an outstanding A plus pick for the Texans. Yeah, I agree. Um, anything else on these Houston Texans before we get to the over under? Mm. No, I'm excited. A lot of young talent there. I think they did a really good job in the draft. So we'll see how these picks pan out. I agree. And it's our conversation. It's now making me sort of surprised by what this number is. The over under for the Houston Texans is currently at four and a half. Yeah, I think they hit the over on that. You know, the more we talk about them, I like we have, I mean, to spoil the next team as the, you know, the Jaguars, I feel like they're going to be battling it out for third place in that division. I could easily see the Texans, you know, leapfrogging them. I think they're on paper, honestly, even more talented, you know, outside of Trevor Lawrence, but. I, I would take the over with them. I think they can find a way. You know, if they only hit four wins last year, you got Lovey Smith in there. I love the young additions. I think they can hit at least five, maybe six. I agree. Um, it, I think four and a half is very low, especially when you're comparing them to the Falcons and Seahawks who had five and five and a half. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Vegas uh, sees, sees it different, but I just – I think it has to be an over. I – I have faith in Davis Mills. Uh, I really was impressed with what I saw last season. We talk about the upgrade uh, from David Culley to Lovey Smith and then all these young pieces. Uh, I, I do really like this team. Now, obviously, I'm going to be probably quoted by Evan saying, I really like this team. And all of a sudden, it's going to be, well, why don't you have them in the wild card? No, listen, <laughs> there's a process to these rebuilds. You could still like a team on the up. They're probably only going to get five to six wins, but it's definitely an over from four and a half. So. These Houston Texans will probably be fun to watch, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Um, but as you said, the number 29 team in our rankings, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think last season, everyone's glad that Urban Meyer is no longer the head coach of this team. Absolute train wreck. You bring in Doug Peterson. Won't lie, he was a train wreck in Philly at the end, so we'll kind of see how it works out for Trevor Lawrence. Um, but this team was really bad last season. And I think a lot of it was there was not that supporting cast around Trevor Lawrence to support him. And I think it's still a big question mark of, did they do enough to support what they want to be their franchise quarterback? No, I agree. And I, I think the biggest change for them, obviously, was the coach. I mean, you go out, Doug Peterson, you know, he's won a Super Bowl. He worked to develop Carson Wentz. He got fucking Nick Foles to the Super Bowl. So he knows he knows what he's doing. You know, Urban Meyer obviously was just a negative influence on that team. So to get him out, that's the big first step. But I mean, in free agency, you add Christian Kirk on that mega deal. Uh, you add Luke Fortner in the draft, Brandon Scherf. I mean, so you do do things to surround your quarterback. Um, obviously, Marvin Jones, you know, had a sneaky good year last year. Look to build on that. Uh, Zay Jones, they add. So they're they're doing the right thing. Um, 
build, getting pieces uh, on the line or at the skill positions, get ETN back after they used that first round pick on him just two years ago. So I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, I feel like down the stretch in the end of the season, we started to see, you know, why he was the number one pick. You know, he started to look really good. Um, but I think you give him that sporting cast and tell him, you know, hey, go nuts. You know, got the pieces now. Let's see what he can do, you know, with a new coach, a new offense. No longer have Urban Meyer there. So it should be exciting. I agree. Um, it's, I do have this sore taste in my mouth as an Eagles fan with Doug Peterson. Um, it, and it's funny because there's a lot of rumors in this offseason that he was going to go to the Vikings. And I was very nervous. I was like, well, he's he is a good offensive mind. So if he gets a good situation, this is going to work. But then there's also we saw what 2020 was. It was a terrible year for Carson Wentz. It was a terrible year for the offense. You get four wins. And he was just not a good head coach. And it's like, you can easily see that type of Doug Peterson coming into this season with Jacksonville. Not not as good of a roster that even Philly had that year. So it, it's very, it, it makes it a very weird situation for me when I look at Doug Peterson as the head coach for Trevor Lawrence. Um, Obviously, I love Trevor Lawrence. I thought he was a very good prospect coming in. I still think he's going to have a great NFL career. I just question if it's going to be in Jacksonville. And it, it's just tough because I look at the supporting cast. I don't think it's that good. I don't think Christian Kirk was worth the contract he has. Um, ETN, very nice pick, but he is coming off a Liz Frank injury the whole year off. So how productive is he in this year, too? And then the offensive line, they did upgrade it a little bit. I don't know how or how well Jawan Taylor is going to be this second year. I know he was good last year. year before that, kind of questionable. So the supporting cast does make me have some questions. Yeah, it's definitely a team that's building. I mean, definitely the defense got addressed in this draft. I mean, you have Devin Lloyd, uh, linebacker, Chad Muma, and obviously, you know, the first overall pick, Trayvon Walker, who I know – I know we clown on it, but he is a talented player. And I know three weeks in, we're going to be seeing these highlights of Aiden Hutchinson and Thibodeau, you know, running around the edge and getting sacks. But I, I, there needs to be a level of patience with Trayvon Walker. He's a talented player. Should he have gone number one? No. But he's still a good piece for any team. And I think, you know, for a defense that's, you know, rebuilding, for a team that's rebuilding, I think you get those three pieces on defense to add to what is a pretty mediocre rest of the defense? Um, they'll be okay in a couple of years. Maybe Trevor Lawrence will be gone by then, but <laughs> they'll be building. Well, this defense, like, they get rid of Miles Jack, and I think if you're getting rid of him to then bring in Devin Lloyd, I'm cool with that. I think that's fine. You do bring in Foyside of Luwakun from Atlanta, and then you also then draft Chad Muma. So this is kind of a loaded linebacker room. Um, but I guess you can never have enough talent on defense. The secondary, I think, is okay. You have Tyson Campbell, Shaquem Griffin, uh, Andrew Weingart at safety. They they have another safety. I can't think of his name. But they got uh, Darius Williams, too, in free agency. Darius Williams uh, from L.A., and then you also have Andre Sisco from Syracuse, who I think is going to be pretty good for this defense. So there are a lot of pieces. The Trayvon Walker pick – this guy is just not going to be good year one. You could basically throw him. I think you could throw it out the window of him having a successful rookie year. He's just not ready. He didn't rush the passer at Georgia, so he's got to learn that in the NFL, which that jump's just going to be too crazy for him. Um, that's just my personal take. It's probably a little harsh on the guy, but I, it's kind of how I see it. 
think it was a waste of a pick, but um, this defense, I think it'll have its games, but then I think it'll also have games where they're going to have 45 points put on them. So it, it's going to be a very up and down defense. Whereas I think this offense, not that good. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, you brought in, basically you, you bought your whole defense through free agency, you know, your secondary comes into free agency, you build your linebackers through the draft. So you got this ragtag group, no way they're holding the bills to, to six points again. That's not that, what this defense is going to do. And, you know, the offense, is it good enough to win them games? Maybe a couple games, not too many, yeah. you know. The, the cast around Lawrence is still nowhere near good enough to be a competitive team. I mean, Robinson and Etienne, we'll see how Etienne recovers. That could be a good duo. But, I mean, they overspend on Kirk. You know, Marvin Jones is getting old. They have well, Who's their tight end now? Ingram? Evan Ingram? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's <laughs> they just bought a bunch of like mid-level type of players, hoping it would be a splash, and it, it sets a base. I feel, but just like it, yeah, pretty it's much not exciting. Pretty much what the Patriots did like two offseasons ago, where they just threw money at a bajillion players. And we're like, let's let's go win a Super Bowl. But even then, it's like Hunter Henry is a very productive tight end. The only question was injuries. Matt Judon very productive for Baltimore, whereas you're getting Evan Ingram who can't catch the ball. Again, Christian Kirk, which was very underproductive for where he was drafted in Arizona, like, and then you you pay so much money for Darius Williams, who's only a slot corner. Like, there's a lot of money spent on guys that don't offer that much upside for this offense or defense. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, Christian Kirk was arguably the the wide receiver four on the Cardinals. <laughs> you go out and pay him. Yeah. 21 per year. I mean, that's just ridiculous. What you're, what you're asking him to do, what role he's supposed to step in. I mean, no way. I don't, I don't understand what's going on in that front office. It's almost like they got Urban Meyer still pulling the strings. <laughs> well, they got rid of Urban Meyer, but they did not get rid of Trent Bulky, who has been there forever and making all these terrible decisions. So yeah, who knows? Um, the over under for this team, surprisingly is set at six. Hammer the under. No way. The more I think about it, the more I like the Texans way more than this bum-ass team. So Yeah. I like, isn't there just such a better vibe about the yeah. Texans than the Jaguars? Which seems crazy because like, we had to deal with the whole Deshaun Watson thing last season. This team was signing like Rex Burkhead to be its starting running back. Like, There's such a bad vibe about the Texans. I think they made a complete 180, whereas the Jaguars just kind of – they're making little strides compared to the Texans. Yeah, I mean, the Texans, you lose Deshaun Watson, and I feel like – they got better somehow. You yeah. know, I feel I feel so much better about the Texans. You know, watching Davis Mills go to work last year, I feel so much more comfortable with with their ceiling. You know, this year being so much higher than the Jaguars. So I feel like just they just don't have all the pieces and the the cohesion yet to to be a good team. No, I agree. Um, in terms of that over under, I am definitely going to take the under. Um, it's a good choice. Should we kind of? Give a sneak peek to what the next four teams will be. Kind of rattle them off real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So if I could pull it up. Um, team 28 is going to be the Carolina Panthers. Uh, team 27 will be the Detroit Lions. Team 26 will be the New York Giants. And Team 25 will be the New York Jets. Um, I believe we'll record the podcast for those four teams on Thursday or later in the week. Um, but I definitely think those teams are better than these four teams for sure. 
I do too, but not by much. I mean, at least three of those teams have uncertainty at the quarterback position outside of, you know, Zach Wilson. So, I mean, that should be some good conversation about what their, their future holds. Um, those teams, those teams are still very bad <laughs> in my opinion, Fair. but they're building. I mean, I feel the lions, I feel like they are the Texans of the AFC or the NFC, excuse me. I feel, I feel good vibes coming out of there with the, with the way they drafted and the way they're building their team. So I like them a lot. I agree. I do believe, not to get too in-depth about these teams, but I do believe Jared Goff is going to give some sustainable quarterback play for that team. I do too, but I mean, I think if they're looking for a long-term answer with, you know, Jamison Williams being so young and Hutchinson being so young, I think they want to go with that young route. No, that's definitely fair. So, um, anything else, really? It's kind of a short pod. Obviously, with only two of us, there's usually four. Anything else you want to add? No, I mean, we flew through it with only the two of us. I feel like once we get these two back on, it'll be our normal, more normal length. But no, this was good. Night. I think um, these four teams, a lot of work to be done. This is definitely not the year for any of them to go run off and win a Super Bowl. Maybe not even the next two years, but they're trending. No, I they're do not. Trending up. <laughs> I, uh, I don't see a Cincinnati Bengals out of this, any of these teams. Oh, absolutely not. No way. So, and also, obviously, I get all these rankings. Uh, I think there'll definitely be more discussion towards the top of these rankings because there's a lot more, uh, there's a lot more difference in our rankings than at the bottom. Like we said, number thirty-two was unanimous. So, yeah, absolutely. But that'll wrap up the first episode of the Slinging It Deep podcast. Um, if you're listening all the way through, thank you, <laughs> appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, peace out. Thanks for listening. Peace. Put your tears away. Ain't no fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset. It's what you ain't done yet. Take the keys, leave the regrets. Write your letters, place your bets. I'll be the one who accepts. You don't got the